Hey, thanks for checking out today's episode. Before we jump in, if you'd like even more freelancing secrets completely free, be sure to head on over to learnwithjohn.com and jump on my freelance secrets newsletter because I regularly share secrets for getting more clients and building a thriving freelance business gleaned from my nearly two decades as a freelancer. So if you want to shortcut the time it takes you to go freelance full time and get the lifestyle you're after, you won't want to miss those secrets. You can get that newsletter by going to learnwithjohn.com. Again, that's learnwithjohn.com. Now, on to the episode. Value is subjective. That's not random internet douche Johnny Freelance just saying it. It is the most commonly accepted, by far, economic theory of value called, surprise, surprise, the subjective theory of value. And I'll drop a link in the description to a Wikipedia article uh, if you want to read more on specifically the sub- subjective theory of valuable value. It's a little, it's a little dense, <laughs> but if you want to read that, you can do so. But it stands in stark contrast to things like Marx's labor theory of value, which you may have heard of. Now, Marxism has seen a resurgence as of late, and I'm not getting political or anything. It's just true; it has. Um, but on the economic side, there's really no credible economist that would try to defend Marx, Marx's labor theory of value as he stated it. Now, there's people who try and kind of tweak it and twist it, but as he stated it, nobody really defends that anymore. And that's because it doesn't accurately describe human behavior. And a really good example, you know, infamous online marketer Frank Kern, he did a video on this several years back. And what he did is he parked two cars side by side in his driveway. And the One was a BMW of some sort. I can't remember exactly what it was. I want to say S-Series, but I don't know for sure. And then the other was a Rolls-Royce Ghost. And then he pointed out that mechanically the cars are virtually identical. So they have had the same drivetrain, same chassis, you know, same basic frame and everything. And even mostly the the same tech on the inside. So all the technology on the inside was virtually the same. Now, I've never been in either one of these cars. I don't know much about cars. So I'm taking him at his word on this, but this was the point he was making that they're basically identical cars in all the major ways. The big difference was just really the outside, the fiberglass that they were wrapped in, right? They just looked different. And then of course the brand name. And the point he was making is that the BMW sold for about $70,000, which is an expensive car, but the Rolls Royce sold for $350,000. So five times the price of the BMW, even though they were virtually the same car. Now, the labor theory of value doesn't explain that because they both required virtually the same amount of labor. Another example, if you don't like that one, you know the fact that a Michael Jordan rookie card sold in June of 2022 for $1.008 million. Meanwhile, I can buy a Steve Kerr rookie card for about 20 bucks. And I mean, Steve Kerr did hit that game winning shot after all. So uh, he has some clout. But in any case, the amount of labor to make each card is virtually the same, but one is way more valuable. Why the disparity in price? Again, value is subjective. And again, there's a classic example called the diamond water paradox. I won't go into it here but I'll drop a link in the description again where you can read more about that as well if you're interested in it. Now, you might be wondering as we're going through all this, you know, Mr. Johnny Freelancer, who gives a rat patootie about all this? Why do you care? Well, you do because I often get asked a variation on the same question. 
what is my freelance service worth, how much can I charge, how do I charge more, etc. And the answer is value is subjective, meaning you can charge whatever you can get people to pay you. Think about that Michael Jordan rookie card. There's nothing intrinsically more valuable about it. The paper's not better. The ink used isn't any better. It's the same ultimate basic material. So there's nothing you can look at objectively to say it's more valuable. It's simply subjective. And it's the same thing with your services. Your service is worth whatever you can get people to pay for it. It's subjective. There's no one right price. Even if you offer an identical service to someone else. If there's thousands of other people who do the same thing for you and they all charge the same price, that doesn't mean that you have to charge that same price. That doesn't mean that your service is the same amount of value as them. Your portfolio, your talent, your sales copy, your reputation, and about a hundred other factors can increase the perceived value of your service. It's subjective. And I'm going to say that about a thousand times so it sinks in. It is subjective. Your task then is to increase that perceived value so you can charge more. And the most effective way to do that is by increasing the perceived value of your offer. And so it kind of goes back to the subject line of this email. For everything you gain, you lose something else. That's the position your client is in. In order to get your service, they must give up something, their money. So it's your job to make them want your service more than the amount of money you want to charge or you want to get for your service. That's sales, that's marketing, that's the whole game. And so you do that by increasing the perceived value. In essence, it's this kind of equation in their head. So they might see the perceived value of your service as $5,000 but you're, the cost you're charging for your service is $2,500. So they see it as getting $5,000 worth of value for only $2,500. So they almost see it as kind of like they're pulling one over on you. They're, they're screwing you over, quote unquote. Because if I told you that I'd trade you $1, $1 for $2, meaning you give me $1 and I'll give you $2 back, assuming you believed me and there was no shady business and any of that, assuming it was real, wouldn't you do that all day, every day? You just do it constantly. Of course. That's where you need to get with your offer. So what we want to do here is talk about how to do that. Now, as you might guess, this is also something that I cover in great detail in my Beginner's Guide to Freelance course. In fact, lesson 11 in that course is dedicated to charging more for your services. And in fact, what that lesson is is multiple ways to increase the perceived value of your offer, multiple ways to do this. So as I've said, if you want the more advanced treatment in video where I can really dig in in ways that I just can't on a podcast, then that course will be for you. Again, it's included in the extended trial you get with my referral link. In fact, you get access to all 30,000 plus courses during the trial that are on Skillshare. I mean, talk about an irresistible offer, 30,000 plus training courses for well, nothing <laughs> because it's a free trial. Anyway, you can get that extended free trial using my referral link. I'll drop that in the description. Also, myjohn.us slash BGTF. Again, myjohn.us slash BGTF. Okay, so moving on, there are two parts to an irresistible offer. So the first is a superior solution, and the second is a superior offer. Now, to make sure that I give credit where credit is due, this is a Todd Brown thing. So if you don't know who Todd Brown is, he's a fairly well-known marketing teacher. 
Anyway, he makes the point, this is where I'm pulling this from, that it's both the solution and the offer. A lot of people just get focused on the offer, but it's actually the initial solution as well. So the solution is the actual thing that you deliver. So a membership site for me, you know, a logo, a blog post, a brand kit, Instagram post, etc. The solution itself needs to be superior to your competitors. So this is where things like talent, your portfolio, reviews, experience, all of the typical things that you think of when it comes to being better than your competitors, this is where they come into play. However, there are other things, right? There are actually four critical factors that make a solution superior. And most freelancers really focus on just one or two. So this is a place where you can increase the perceived superiority of your service compared to everybody else just by talking about things that most freelancers don't. So those four things are dream outcome, probability of success, time delay, and time and effort cost. Now, again, giving credit where credit is due, those four things come from a guy named Alex Hermosi in his book called $100 Million Offers. He's, again, you know, it's another marketing guy, really successful, you know, entrepreneur who talks about how he built his businesses and offers were a core part of that. Anyway, it doesn't matter all that much. And he doesn't necessarily talk about them in the same way because he's not talking about freelance services. But though that's where those four things come from. Anyway, most for freelancers focus on number one, the dream outcome. Hell, most online businesses, most marketers, most copywriters, most big companies, most everybody focuses on just the dream outcome. And we commonly refer to it as hype. They're building up how great this thing is. But in reality, it's often the other factors that matter more to people. Because at a certain point, how much better of an outcome can you really offer? For example, does one brand of soda pop really taste that much better than another? I know you'll argue to me to the death with this. My, <laughs> my niece actually will argue to the death about the difference between Pepsi and Coke. Anyway. But does it really, I mean, is it that dramatically better to where it's worth 10 times the price, right? Probably not. Are my membership sites, even though I think I'm one of the best in the world at doing it, are my membership sites really that much better than others? Are your logos really that much better or your blog posts or your social media graphics or whatever it is that you do? Are they really that much better than everybody else's? Probably not. And Regardless, it's sort of a point of diminishing returns. You can only hammer dream outcome so much before it's like, okay, I got it. What else? What else is there to this? And in reality, probability of success is usually a much bigger concern for people. And we can get meta for a second about this. You know, I've been telling you about my beginner's guide to freelance course. I'd guess that you probably generally believe that it's a good course that will teach you some useful things. You probably accept that I'm not lying about it, especially hearing what you hear in, you know, these episodes, you know, you might be, oh, well, if, you know, this is what he's doing here. Imagine what's in the course, et cetera. So you probably accept that on some level, you know, you've seen the reviews and all that. It's likely less about the proposed outcome or believing me or any of that. It's likely more about you. Can you do it? Can you implement what I teach? Will it work for you? Will it be the thing that makes the crucial difference in your freelance career. Now, of course, the answer is yes to all those questions, but all that speaks to probability of success for you. So ask yourself, how can I speak to the probability of success in the services I offer? Yeah, you can offer a guarantee, 
but it's sort of like the classic Tommy Boy line. If you've ever seen that movie, he says, because they know, they know all they sold you was a guaranteed piece of crap. That's all it is. Hey, if you want me to take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed, I will. I've got spare time, but for right now, for your sake, for your daughter's sake, you might want to think about buying a quality item from me. The point is, is that you could slap a guarantee on anything. That doesn't actually mean that the product itself is good. So a guarantee is nice, but it's not enough. And that's why things like job success score on Upwork, for example, is such a big deal. It's an actual number illustrating that freelancer's probability of success. You could also look at ratings. If a freelancer has a 4.9 out of 5 rating, that's a high probability of success. So that's why those things are so important. So again, what you want to look at are what are some ways that you can speak to this on your website, in your marketing, in your content, when chatting with people about your service, and so on. So that's what you want to do here. And then, of course, we have time delay and we have time and effort cost as well. Now, I find those are a little bit more self-explanatory. If you can deliver the same outcome in a shorter amount of time, that, that makes your service superior. If it's less time and effort on the part of the client, that makes your service superior. The main thing is to just simply be sure to talk about them on your sales page and in your marketing because most freelancers don't. And you don't want to assume that clients are going to pick it up. You need to be explicit with them. Now, the last point on all of this, I said that you need a superior, a superior solution. That means better than your competitors. So it's not just about crafting this offer in a vacuum. You need to kind of know what's going on in your market. However, you should feel a sense of excitement now because you realize superior isn't just about talent. It's not just the outcome. That is you being a better developer or graphic designer or writer, etc. It's not just about that. Superior can be a function of probability of success or time delay or time and effort cost. Your logos might be about as good as everyone else's, but you deliver them in half the time. That's a superior solution. Or maybe you have better reviews which speak to probability of success. That's a superior solution. Or you require less work on the client's part or less input from them, etc. That's a superior solution and so on. So you have options in terms of how you make your service superior. I hope you see that now. But of course, that's only the first part. You also need a superior offer. And I'm going to call an audible here. I had intended on talking about this in this episode, but this episode's already got getting pretty long and it's a decent amount of homework for you to work on. So we'll pick up with the superior offer in the next episode. For now, again, think about those four elements of a superior solution, dream outcome, probability of success, time delay, and time and effort cost. Look at your service and the way you talk about it, whether it's on a sales page, on your website, an Upwork page, just talking to people about it, it doesn't matter. Look at your service and ask yourself, what's missing? What aren't you talking about? What aren't you addressing? And then also look at some of your competitors because you can't make your solution superior if you don't know to what it's superior. What is the outcome they're promising? What's the probability of success, time delay, time and effort cost? Do they even talk about those things? And ultimately, what you want is a sense of how you think you can better position your service as superior to all the other options that a client might be looking at. Because they're not just choosing you in a vacuum. They're choosing you among the options that they're looking at. And they are absolutely looking at other options. So you want your basic core offer to stand out head and shoulder above everybody else's. If it does that, 
That's what makes your marketing and sales chore much easier because you're selling something that's clearly better. Okay. So that's what we're after. And again, it doesn't have to be perfect on this first try. Don't get caught in analysis paralysis, do a little research, spark some ideas and then run with it. And again, if you want some more advanced training on all of this, grab that extended free trial of Skillshare and make your way through my beginner's guide to freelance course. That's going to help you get there faster. And it's going to teach you even more about all of this. So again, link in the description or myjohn.us slash BGTF. All right, that'll do it for the today. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, I recommend you do that so you get all the episodes as we move forward with this. And again, if you do me a favor, if you know anybody who's getting into freelancing or thinking about it or who you just think would benefit from hearing this, I'd appreciate if you'd share this episode with them. That helps me grow the audience uh, and that would mean a lot to me. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.